We have all heard it said, well, that's my truth, or speak your truth. But what does it actually mean? What distinguishes God's truth from my truth? And what is the danger of confusing the two? We're going to discover these things today on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the, into the Christian life one soul at a time. And in John 18.38, there was this conversation between uh, Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate and Jesus. And um, Jesus made these absolute claims of truth, basically. You know, uh, you know Pilate asked him, are you, are you a king? And he says, you said it. And, uh, and when Jesus confronts him with this absolute truth of who he is, Pilate gives the answer, well, what is truth? And it's almost like a cop-out, right? So, so uh, Jesus was declaring objective truth in Roman-controlled Palestine, which was very pluralistic in nature, and uh, truth was subjective in general. Uh, it was personal. It was diverse, the way it is today. And enter Jesus with his claims, who said, I come into the world to testify to the truth. Do you think he means his truth there, or is there an objective truth that is greater than everybody's truth? I think the latter is, is the truth, right? What we're saying here, that he's saying, I'm testifying to the truth of, of, of this universal truth. Jesus was suggesting that God's truth is something outside of us, unchanging and not subject to human emotions or paradigms. It is the truth. Thus, Thomas Aquinas said, Christ was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Which do you believe today, right? So, so Pilate, not wanting to face the idea of an obje objective truth, he again used the evasive words, uses the evasive words, what is truth? Much like today, Roman culture was pluralistic. In other words, mixed and diverse with, with their beliefs. And that's how democracies basically work. Uh, religions and, and all these things are kind of all mixed and mushed together in, into one, one, you know, one melting pot, right? So, and this worked as long as everyone gave to Caesar what belonged to Caesar. And reading Jesus' claims today feels like Jesus was exposing the danger of confusing the truth, my truth, with God's truth. When we mistake our convictions, our emotions, our beliefs for the truth, we fall into deception. And for instance, my truth becomes the truth. Then I can say or do anything I want, no matter how immoral or how evil it is, and say, well, that's my truth. But in some cases, truth can be valid. And let me just uh, go down the pee patch here today, but when can truth be valid? When, in, in, when in, in what instances can truth actually, my truth, be valid? Well, it, it can be valid when, when it is actually not based on feeling, but on what is actually true. It has to agree with, with what is true. When someone uses my truth as a personal testimony, I've heard this done, and so I want to be respectful today that if, if somebody went through something that was true, and that's their truth, I get it. You know, if someone uh, says this is my truth and they gave a testimony of how they survived abuse or some trauma, that makes perfect sense and we respect that today, right? 
However, it is invalid when someone uses my truth to cover immorality or crime or, or just something that's just dead wrong. Some time ago, Oprah Winfrey said, what I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. And that sounds really encouraging and motivational and positive, but what does it really mean? Think about this. If the pedophile said, after they abused a child, well, that's my truth. How sick would that be, right? Uh, most anybody would, would disagree with that statement. Why? Because you need, you need a universal truth that works, not just your own truth. And there was this book that came out a while ago named Mansions in the Spirit. It's a, a, the, a, a book on trying to meld all the world religions together and say, okay, now we got the final picture. Now we know what we're doing. And this book talks about the idea that we should draw a big circle around Jesus and include all the other religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, Taoism, Confucian, Confucianism. And they all have to be acknowledged as part of God's plan. Right? Wrong. What about the law of non-contradictions? It's a logic law that... Put it, put, put it this way. Here's how someone worded it. When two propositions contradict one another, one must be false and the other must be true. They cannot both be true and they cannot both be false. So when Jesus said, I'm here to testify of the truth, he was, he was honing in on something very deep there, that this wasn't something that, that is up for debate or something you can deny. For example, if, if, if one person claims that God exists, and another person claimed that God doesn't exist. Both, both can't be true. One has to be right and one has to be wrong. But when, when else can we have a, a truth that maybe is, you know, my truth? When does it work? It, it works when, when it aligns with reality or universal truth. That's when it works. There's an objective universal truth that rules all of us. Charles Finney called it the moral law. Uh, Edmund Burke called it the moral law. And, uh, and Jesus called it the truth, right? And did you know that missionaries through the years have found nomadic tribes that believed in the Ten Commandments? And they asked them, where'd you get that? And they point to their hearts. It was in here. And there's something about the fact that God writes this universal law in our hearts where we know in general what is true and what is not true. And the, the universal reality is Jesus. He's the reality. He testifies to the truth. Jesus is the only one who made the most outrageous claims that no other religion ever made. Like in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And uh, 1 John 5, 12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever has not the Son has not life. But I want to talk just briefly, just some differences between my truth and God's truth. Here's the first one. My truth can be subjective. Subjective meaning it's personal, it's my own opinion, it's my own idea. But God's truth is objective, meaning it's, it's based on a universal truth, because He is the truth. And subjective based on, uh, a, 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 a subjective uh, based view is based on my own feelings, my own emotions, my own perspective, my own paradigm, my own ideologies. And when this happens, the danger of it is that truth becomes relative and customized. That is true for you, but it's not true for me. And when this happens, 
were in trouble. And, you know, these days you have large megachurches who have compromised their testimony in Jesus by inviting certain, uh, by by compromising, you know, with, with the LGBT, LGBT community of, you know, of, of, uh, of, of, the definition of marriage, you know, and both can't be right. Either we believe what the gospel says, what Jesus said, what the Bible says, or we don't. And the problem also is this, that, that my truth, or let me put it, let me put it to you this way. We can get stuck in, in this emotional theology, I call it, subjective truth equals emotional theology. Our theology can become compromised because we are emotionally attached to a person who's maybe living immorally. And because maybe we love them, which we all do, right? We, we can be tempted to compromise what we believe and say, well, does the Bible really say that or mean it, you know? And, but yes, it is possible to love everybody, but yet, you know, still hold to your convictions, right? We, we believe that. And we should love everyone, no matter who they are. And but, but here's a point I want to make. Uh, another point about about this. Some differences between my truth and God's truth. My truth can be subjective, right? But also, my truth can change at a whim. God's truth, God's truth is eternal, always, based on emotions, not truth outside of ourselves. When we say this is my truth, that can change tomorrow. Our truth can seek to subvert God's truth. And that's where the deception comes in, where we think that my truth is the truth, is the universal truth. That's where the danger comes. I become the God of my own life with my own set of beliefs and convictions. But then there's this. My truth can be rooted in myself. God's truth is rooted in Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came to testify of himself. He is the truth, on the way, the truth, and the life. This means that my truth is based on my own emotions, my own individuality, worldview. But God's truth, on the other hand, is based on the eternal person and work of Jesus Christ. And it is something that never changes. So a Christian's job is to believe in and follow Jesus. That's why it says very clearly in John 20 and 31, you... you that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. So this is a universal truth. This is not, well, that's for you or for me. This is for everybody. So here's a question. What happens when God's truth becomes your truth? And what happens when, even though you may have your truths, like we talked about, you know, a testimony, let's say, or something powerful that happened, and that's great, right? But what happens when God's truth becomes your truth and you realize that all truth that you hold as your truth has to be subject to His truth? How does that look? What does that look like? It looks like true freedom. Not just a testimony. A testimony is great. A testimony can maybe give you victory, right? And, and it can encourage you and, and empower you. But it cannot give you eternal freedom. It cannot give you eternal life. What's more powerful than declaring your truth, declaring God's truth over your truth and over your life? God's truth is objective truth. My truth is subjective truth. My truth may set me free from guilt and shame, let's say, but God's, God's truth sets me free from the power and the bondage of sin. That's one thing my truth can never do. 
Only God's truth can do that. That's why we, we can't confuse these. We have to know what we're living for here. And we can't make our truths greater than God's truth. That's why the scriptures tell us that whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. But also there's a true foundation. This is what happens when God's truth becomes your truth. Your foundation is no longer yourself, your experiences, your own strength, your own wisdom, your own cunning, your own power. It is God. And He is the immovable anchor. He's the rock that cannot be moved. Some things never change no matter what, thank God. And some things are always true. And some things are always false. And thank God for that simple logic that God never changes. He's eternal. He cannot change. The scriptures tell us that His word is forever settled in heaven. There's a comfort in knowing that God's truth is truth regardless of the facts we face, the emotions we feel, and the deception that masquerades as truth around us. There's a comfort in knowing that. We, we must know that our truth may be subjective, but God's truth is objective. Frank Turek puts it this way, Truth is whatever corresponds to the real or reality. So when someone says all truth is relative, you might want to answer them this way, and this is Frank Turek saying, that's true when someone says, or, or rather, when someone says truth is relative, your, your, your response should be, is that true? How do you know it's true? Or when someone says you shouldn't judge people, you're being intolerant, your reply is, was that intolerance I just heard? Was that a judgment I just heard? So see the contradictions here. But one more thing before we close it out today. What happens when God's truth becomes my truth? There's one truth. Imagine how confusing it would be if there were a thousand ways to heaven. How confusing is that? How would you know for sure whether your way is the way? There can, there can be many subjective truths, right? Personal truths we believe in. But there's only one absolute truth, the truth of God. And it's important to acknowledge and respect other viewpoints. But in the end, in the end, we have to understand that all truths, all truths must be subjected to God's absolute truth. It is the only way to be able to, for anyone to be able to partake of His kingdom. That's why we find the beautiful clarion call in Revelation when the when the trumpet was was blown, and it said, "The kingdoms of this world." I'm only reading part of it has become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. And this is the goal of God in, in the end. This is the eschaton, that all kingdoms will eventually bow to Him. And so C.S. Lewis once wrote, there are two kinds of people in the world. Those who say, Thy will be done, and those who say, My will be done. So which are you today? If you like this podcast, please leave a like and check us out and connect with us. We are on YouTube, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Google Podcast, Facebook, and others. So recommend it to a friend and please subscribe to this channel. And I'm so glad to be with you today. God bless you and have a great day.